Okay, what is good, Divine Dolls? So we're basically, you know, chopping away at all of the seven planets that are in retrograde. We've already passed, I think Saturn, we already passed that one earlier in June. So shout outs to us for surviving that. Um, Jupiter goes into retrograde later this year in September, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we just covered that Venus will be going into retrograde in uh, right after the new moon. The new moon in July is on the 17th, and then we'll be going retrograde into Leo. In, um, Venus will be going retrograde in Leo. So um, with that, let's just check real quick, too, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to title this Mars Retrograde. Mars is also in retrograde, but what was so interesting to that about me is that my Mars is in Leo, and so it's going retrograde in Leo. So, you know, just reassessing, reimagining um, everything as it pertains to Leo, right? Leo, you know what? Let me go back real quick for those of you who are coming to this one. So Leo is about... There was a really great description about what Leo... Um, covers and we just talked about it um so give me one second because it was a really good um ah okay i i can't find it right now So it says, what to avoid during Venus retrograde? Don't initiate new investments. Venus also affects your financial activities. When, which, when retrograde, your perceptions are off and they can cause you to make very poor financial decisions from an emotional place. Investments are usually overvalued or inflate during this time and lose their value when Venus goes direct. Now, the funny thing is, for those of you who trade, you know I'm trading, um... The new moon is usually when stock prices tend to go down. And so um, that's going to be very interesting because, like I said, July 17th is when the new moon will be in effect. And so I'm pretty sure Spy and QQQ are going to go down too. So I'll go say that on my trading one. Oh my gosh, you guys, I low-key feel bad and I don't want to start it over. But I really loved the way that they explained... Leo, if you get a chance, just go back and listen to my other video, my other podcast. I usually don't send you guys back to look and see what um, it's talking about, but I hate that we're already three minutes in. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not going to happen. Okay, so let's just check and see what happens with Mars retrograde. Let and so Mars retrograde, twenty twenty three. But it had to do, if I'm not mistaken, with creativity, expression, um, like grandiose, um, could be displays of affection too. Um, but yeah, creativity, self-expression, confidence was another one. Those are the things that are associated with Leo. But let's check and see what's happening with Mars retrograde. Okay, Mars retrograde. Mars retrograde 
Mm-mm-mm. I don't want to redo this one. So it's saying here, Mars retrograde begins on October. That's 2022. Okay. So Mars transit in Leo 2023. Let's go ahead and click on this because for some reason, they're not really trying to tell me the dates. So... This is titled Mars Transit in Leo 2023, the date, effects, and remedies. So it says Mars is considered to be one of the main planets among nine. It is a red and fiery planet. Mars is referred to as Mango. As per Hindu mythology, Mars is popularly known as the son of Earth. Mars is the ruler of Aries and Scorpio. Mars is also trans positioning transiting in the leo zodiac from july 1st 2023 so right now it's transiting you guys um time i'm recording this is july 9th 2023 so be transiting in leo zodiac from july 1st 2023 mars will be in leo zodiac for one month and 18 days that means until august 18 2023 yeah, so Mars is in Leo. It's not necessarily retrograde. Maybe that's why it wasn't showing up in the search engine. So it Mars is in Leo right now. And my Mars is also in Leo. So all these feelings about love and war are, are going to probably be multiplied times freaking 10,000, okay? So it says, what is the significance of Mars transit in Leo? It says, according to Vedic astrology, Mars is known as the warrior planet, right? That's how you fight. Okay, when you're looking for synastry with your partner, it's not so much your sun sign with their sun sign. You want to look at their Mars, their their Venus, and their moon sign. You can also look at their Mercury for how they communicate. Something I just learned yesterday too is you can look at the Jupiter for an indication of what the how the the husband is going to be, the traits of your husband in terms of how he will provide. Because Jupiter is kind of like the Santa Claus or the provider of tangible assets right tangible goods so it says here oh let me take my gum out of my mouth i apologize you guys all right so it says mars is known as the warrior planet who is regarded as the son of land blood power aggression war and rage okay and that makes sense why it's it's sign of scorpio i was joking with you guys on the last podcast because i was like listen venus retrograde in in leo is actually good because it could be retrograde in Scorpio. And then now we're talking about land, real estate, property, blood, power, you know, type of a thing. Aggression, warm range. I I promise you all. (laughs) Be thankful. So it says Mars is the Lord of Aries and Scorpio in all 12 zodiac signs. Mars is friendly with Jupiter and the sun. Okay, a person who's under the influence of Mars becomes more like a soldier, warrior, fearless, and bold. <clears throat> so, this means that you're probably going to notice a lot more people. Um, and and from what I know about, yeah, like Leo too is um, Leo is also bold, like hear me roar, hear me purr, type of a you know you're gonna see me type of energy. It likes to be on stage. It likes to be out front. Likes to be in the limelight. So you combine that with, 
you know, more soldiers, warrior, fearless and bold. Bold. I kind of like this energy. This is kind of reminding me of the movie that's coming out later this year in October. Um, Craven. I think his name is Craven. Um, it's a movie by Marvel. And it's about this young man that is fighting the patriarchy that his dad set up. But he's being a soldier for the positive, right? He's using his ego, his strength, his power, and everything he learned to collapse the negative aspects of what his father's put in place, right? So it's like that soldier, warrior, fearless and bold. You can use it for good. You can have it for bad. I think those of you who are kind of in my community probably will understand that we'll have more bandit energy, <laughs> more incel energy. They'll probably be wilding out a little bit. But it says the person has a different energy. Intelligence in these people... This is, you know what, this, I'm getting, yeah, this is India times. So this is not, English is not their first language. So it says, the person has different energy, intelligence, and these people can, are, I guess they meant, are considered fortunate. If the Mars is not favorable in one's native chart, they may suffer from blood disorders, blood pressure, anger issues, land issues. So I'm thinking anything having to do with real estate could be um, earthquakes, landslides, um, you know, anything like having to do with that kind of stuff. So um, if Leo, if I'm not mistaken, is a fire sign. Am I, am, I, am I correct, you guys? And so there could be fires that are just going out, you know, um, type of a thing. Maybe some volcanoes might erupt. I know my parents in Costa Rica, they have three volcanoes out there. Um, they're all inactive, but, you know, just that kind of activity. Fire, land, could be with real estate as it pertains to real estate. People fighting over real estate if somebody passed away and now the family is going to war about who gets to have the title and the deed and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, if, if there's divorces and they're trying to decide how to split up assets, stuff like that. So it can also mean that they're less active and there may be a problem in married life, right? Because remember, Mars is about how you fight. <laughs> and so it's interesting, you probably heard me say several times when it comes to relationships. But yeah, those things are important too. Um, so it says Ma Mars is a commanding planet with masculine nature. Now, is, is Leo feminine or masculine? Let's just check that real quick. I think it's masculine. Let me see, is Leo feminine or masculine? Uh, or feminine. Shout outs to Google for thinking what I was going to write. So it says, Leo is a fire sign. So I was right on that. And fire is masculine. And fire is a masculine element in astrology. So hard aspects can bring out the side of Leo that is known for bossiness. Okay. Because I'm a boss. <laughs> um, egotism and self-entitlement. That is one thing too. T ego Leos can be conceited. <laughs> and they can be self-absorbed. Um, my first boyfriend was a Leo. Um, will I ever talk to him again or get in contact with him? No. But I, I do have fond memories of him. He liked to be in the limelight, y'all. Um, type of a thing. But it says, and I have one of my brothers as a Leo. Um, and some of my best friends are also Leos. 
um, which is so funny because I'm more like behind the scenes, quiet girl. I'm probably fangirl helping you out behind the scenes type of a thing. And I'm okay with you being in the limelight and they're okay with me letting them be in the limelight. So it works. <laughs> but yeah, those are some of the lower vibrational things that you can see with Mars being in Leo. Maybe some people are just going to be kind of like a little bit more bossy. A little bit more stuck in their ego. Because that, what is it? Got a big ego. Is it when it, when it is in hard aspect of the ascendant, there can be some vacillation between those qualities. Okay. Um, let's go back to the main topic at hand here. So it says, if Mars, oh, wait, 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 I missed a chapter. So Mars is a commanding planet with masculine nature. Leo is also masculine. Mars in astrology is known as a dynamic planet with a higher authority. And I love to use the word dynamic. Dynamic means that it's ever expanding. It's ever moving. It's ever growing, right? It's in motion. And I like to think of ourselves as dynamic beings. So I love that they use that word there. It says, as a plate, if the placement of Mars is good in a horoscope, then the person will get all the... Hee <laughs> This isn't... Um, yeah, English is not their native language. So let me... So it says, then the person may get all the reputation, maybe, and higher positive, I guess, reviews at, in the workplace. It says, if Mars combines with the malefic planets like Rahu and Ketu, then it makes angaric yoga which is not good for the person and one might suffer from health ailments mind depression loss of of status and loss of money so it says the um effects on leo so how does mars affect leo it says this is going to be beneficial for the leo natives okay um and the last podcast at the very end of the podcast i read about is 2023 going to be lucky for Leos? And yes, it is. They're going to have success in all areas, in business, in the workplace, and in relationships, okay? So um, this is going to be one of those areas where it's going to make this year extra, like, just suit, like juicy and saucy for them. Um, so it says... Um, this is going to be beneficial for the Leo natives in terms of career and job. They will feel more energetic and powerful during this time. Um, but another thing too, for those of you who are not Leo sons, um, or not native to Leos, anytime the sun sign is in your birth sign, you're going to be all right. And I've noticed that with me too. Like let Scorpio season come around. That's my time to rise up, Right. So there's people who are not feeling confident and had a feeling of nervousness would now feel better during this period. People who were struggling with issues related to their job, that um, this will be resolved. You will feel more enthusiastic and cheerful in this period. Planet Mars is going to support you in everything. You will be deeply in love during this time. I'm telling y'all, Mars and Leo... Y'all be sleeping on Mars and Leo. Like I said, I would have thought it would have been like Mars and Pisces because Pisces are lovers. Like what? And Cancer. I would have thought like if it was in those placements, that's where you'd be kind of like. But no, no. It's Mars and Leo. You will be deeply in love during this time. So you must make an effort of getting the love of your life and follow some remedies given below. So it says one. These are these are the remedies, y'all. Take it for what it is. 
I'll read some of them because I can see some of them are not going to really apply to the majority of my audience. One must wear coral red depending upon the position of their Mars. So you might wear a little bit more red this summer. Um, it says make good relations with your brother. And then light a mustard oil. Kind of like a, maybe a mustard oil candle. Or if, if you guys like to use herbs. I know I have my money jar. Um, and it has so many things in there. It has like cinnamon, basil leaves, all this other stuff. But yeah, so but for those of you who have access to mustard oil and you can kind of incorporate it into your candles, if you sell candles or if you cure your candles before you use them or whatever, or kind of use it for your, you know, kind of like put some on your paper or on your money and whatever, whatnot. Um, yeah. So mustard oil will do you good. So the, the let's get into why you're really here. Because I told y'all I was going to read from Phyllis Vega's book, um, Erotic Astrology. I was calling it Sexual Astrology, y'all. It's Erotic Astrology. The secret, the sex secrets of your horoscope revealed. Y'all know I love Phyllis Vega. We had a really good time. Back in the days when I was going through these erotic astrologies, y'all. Because I'm a little bit naughty. Like, it just is what it is. So let's go ahead and look for where Leo... Let's look for Mars. Mars and Leo. Here we go. So here's Mars. <sighs> Hold on, let me put my phone down because some things I cannot do by myself with one hand. So Mars and Aries. Here we go. It's going to be just a short segment, but let's get into it, boo. How you doing, sugar? I've been wanting to say that for a long time. I saw it on a movie yesterday and this lady, she was trying to take advantage of this one guy because he was really rich and stuff and she was like a black widow. And um, so one of the ladies that the um, Black Widow had kind of like made her life really miserable when she crept up on her. She's like, how you doing, sugar? <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it says, um, although Mars and Leo is noted for its fiery physical energy, you manage to shine in mental and practical arenas as well. At times you're so and this is important, too, because if your partner's um Mars is in Leo. This is going to kind of give you an idea of how they communicate and their erotic astrology. At times, you're a Leo, Leonine, Leonine, which I think they're talking about like feline, but it's like Leo instead of feminine, it's Leonine. At times, your Leonine ego and deep-seated need for recognition. That's a little bit low vibrational. Remember that came up on the last podcast that we did when we were talking about how... um. Venus is retrograde in Leo, and you're going to probably be trying to figure out if you feel that need for attention or connection or attachments. Here it's coming up again. You might have deep-seated need for recognition. And so this can turn into, you know, all those people talking about your need for validation. And we keep telling you, like, stop seeking validation from these people. You don't need these guys to tell, these guys to tell you that you're pretty or that you're attractive or that you're worthy of being married. You don't need to count on their validation about whether you're professional or have a house or your credit score or your looks or your phenotype. 
right? That need for recognition and or even in sense of your accomplishments and or at the job could also mean sense of um, recognition for like being married and having that big ring and being engaged and all that stuff, right? Because again, this is from the erotic astrology book. So it says, your leonine ego and deep-seated need for recognition makes your emotional energy somewhat restrained. But the Martian lion projects an air of confidence, self-sufficiency, and vitality that causes other people to sit up and take notice, right? So that's something like, that's how you can tell you can get into your um, higher vibrational self. Are you confident? Are you self-sufficient? Are you vital, right? Are you vibrant? Are you full of life? Um, so that those are some of the, when we're talking about, this is important because not only is Mars in Leo, but the um, Venus is in Leo. And v- Venus in Leo is asking you, can you be comfortable by yourself? Can you be confident? Can you be self-sufficient? That's why I put in the previous podcast that retrograde, this Venus retrograde, is definitely for singles. Absolutely. Okay? It says, um, people with this placement are inherently ambitious and dramatic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're dramatic, y'all. And adore being center stage. Ah, I wouldn't, I, mm, of course this matters, you know, but yeah. So it says, um, Mars and Leo couples positive initiative with stability and determination, producing excellent leadership qualities, proud, uh, proud, principled, and idealistic. You detest small mindedness and disloyalty. (laughs) I used to think that my disdain for disloyalty and betrayal was from my Scorpio side, but now nah, it's from my Mars and Leo. But that makes sense, right? Because we're talking about war, how we fight. If I'm fighting for you, you better be loyal to the death. There is no siding with the enemy, right? There is no backstabbing. Et tu, Brutus? What? Um... So in terms of energy, because I want to make sure even though we're, we're kind of waffling back and forth between Mars and Leo, Mars is in Leo right now. So this is going to affect a lot of us in the collective. This is energy that we might might feel, energy that we've never felt before, you know, and you might see this shift in yourself and in other people, you know, that proud and principled, idealistic, detesting of small mindedness and disloyalty. In all things in life, you follow your heart. Okay. You make a warm and generous friend, lover, or relative, but you demand undivided devotion, understanding, and admiration in return. Absolutely. That's what that speaks to that loyalty and, you know, don't betray us. It needs to be undivided devotion, understanding, and admiration. And yes, we are warm and generous friends, lovers, and relatives. And so this is a chance for you to explore what that means like how, you know, when we were looking at the Venus and Mars, it's it's nice because for everything going retrograde, at least there's some things where it's different when you're trying to shift so many gears. But because two things are in Leo and they're actually supporting each other, you, it just makes the seven planet transitions like a little bit smoother. So you have to be kind of thankful for that. But um, what I was talking about here is kind of like... Um, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, the generous part. Remember in the last part where I was talking about, um, 
Venus in Leo, it was saying like, that's where you're going to have those um, grand displays of affection, right? And it's inviting you to be creative in how you show your love. It's going to invite you to be creative in how you express your love, um, how you talk it out, right? Um, doing things that are different, okay? So then it says, the lion enjoys sex more than most. <laughs> and as long as heavy doses of love and romance um, are part of the package, right? Heavy doses of love and romance have to be a part of the package. Hey, some of y'all might just get pregnant this year. And it's going to be in this Mars and Leo energy. It's going to be in this Mars and, Leo, Mars and Leo energy. Because maybe the boyfriend, husband is going to be just like, buy you a really nice necklace, take you to that romantic dinner, super affectionate, all cuddly, all boot up, boot up, do 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 do, boot up, listen, mm, some of y'all gonna get yourself in trouble, it says, as an affectionate, physically demonstrative lover, you take pride in your sexual prowess and are easy to arouse. Your ideal mate radiates warmth and shows affection in a physical way. You're likely to even be more interested in if a potential partner is rich, famous, powerful, or gorgeous. Y'all, I'm telling you all, if this don't describe me, I don't know what does. But at the same time, I listen, if us ladies are going to, for those of you who are, are second-guessing yourself in this Mars in... um. This, this Venus retrograde where you're kind of reimagining what it means to date outside of your culture or just leave them alone or date another gender, right? Go for the best potential partner. For the rich partner, the famous partner, the powerful partner, the gorgeous partner. I think a lot of times like the conversations that are going on right now is you see all of these um, young ladies that are getting unalived and you look at the guy and the guy's a complete gremlin he has nothing going for him he doesn't have anything to lose some of the most dangerous people for you to mess with are people who don't have anything to lose 48 laws of power law number 10 leave those low vibrational people alone because you trying to help them and love them is going to ruin your ass you look at black girls on laws and they had no business talking to these guys because they're not in their tax bracket. They're ta they're dating down. They're unkempt. They have nothing going for them. And so it's like, it's okay to be, I guess, quote unquote, hypergamous, you know, go for the best option. If you're going to do it, go for the best option. If you're going to play, play to win. And this is so funny because you hear me talk about this all the time. I like my guys. Gorgeous, if that's going to be the definition. Don't show me that interior serratus. Don't let him be six foot five. Don't let him have dimples. Don't let him have a deep voice. Lord, please don't let him have like that nice square jaw with the broad shoulders with muscles. I love muscles all over his body. Make him da da da. That Diana, listen, Diana Ross, the song Muscles. I love muscles, muscles, muscles. I'm just having fun with y'all. Listen, Mars is in Leo. My Mars is in Leo. Venus is in Leo. The energy is here. 
let's just enjoy this energy till it goes direct. Because once it goes direct, I'm going to go back to being a complete moron. <laughs> okay. But it says you're more likely to be even more interested if a potential partner is rich. Now, here's the thing. Um, didn't I say in the last podcast, if, Mo if Venus is in retrograde, here's the kicker. This is probably not the best time for you to start a relationship, in my humble opinion. If you meet someone during this time, definitely wait and see if it lasts anything past September before you start to drop the panties or or really allow yourself to start to catch feelings or anything because we're in a retrograde right now and... If you want to keep that number and keep talking and stuff like that, but I wouldn't start anything until after that retrograde is over, honey. But anyways, so yeah, you might be more interested in someone who's rich, famous, powerful, gorgeous, and thus able to reflect glory unto you, right? So it's like, you're glorious, you, you're a shining star all into yourself, you're a fireball, and you want somebody who's basically matching your own energy, somebody who's marrying your energy. Like, you're gorgeous, you want someone gorgeous. You're powerful, you want someone... When you think of Leo, there's confidence, right? There's vitality, self-sufficiency, right? You're being recognized for things. So you that's, you're probably going to see some powerhouses, relationships, maybe even on a celebrity platform that's more visible to us, that you're like, oh my gosh, I really love those two as a couple. And then by the time December is here, like that relationship failed. Well, they were attracted to each other. They're both good actors or actresses. They're both celebrities. They look good, smell good or accomplished. But, you know, and I'm, I'm again, I, I want to make sure I'm not, I don't want to say that you can't survive it. I think you just have to be aware of it. And you can be intentional about navigating it. And it's going to be that much better if they can kind of understand the assignment and navigate through it too. But if you're unaware and then they're not willing to kind of work through some of the assignments that were given by divine source, then it's just not that person's just not for you. So it says, as much as it bolsters your ego to have several <laughs> sexual partners, you tend to stay constant in love as long as your partner play, pays plenty of attention to you and remains devoted. That is hilarious, y'all. So yeah, that is her take on, on Mars. This is a really good book if you ever want to check it out. Um, let me see here, because one of the last ones that we did or reading on, let me see, it's right here. Oh, the last time we covered Gemini, y'all. I didn't go through all 12 of the signs because I, by the time I started it, and then um, I, at that point, I started to just tap out. I'm like, I'm done with these XYs, y'all. I will look with my eyes, but I'm not touching. You can hear me talk about this as much as you want to, but when I tell you I'm good, oh, I am good. So um, right here in the book, so your sun and your Mars tell you about your sex drive. Your moon and your Venus tell you about your love nature. So she talks about that and then she has the combination. So at the end of each chapter, um, it will tell you like, let me see here. What's a good one? I'm just going to pick a random one. That'd be so cool if it is for somebody that's here. Let's see if I find... Here we go. Venus and Leo. 
Do we want to do Venus and Leo? Um... What, what what season are we in right now? Are we in Cancer? Moon. Let me see. Moon time. No. This is going to be funny if it's for somebody that's in the, that listens to me. Okay, let's do this one. So here's an example of how she shares the, the, the different combos. There's so many in here, so... You know, if you are in a relationship, you'll want to check this with your partner. So let's say if one person has their moon in Virgo and the Venus in Cancer, it says, um, so, and she t talks about it too, because one partner is going to have the moon in, let me see, it's a whole science to it. I remember when I bought this book, I thought it was going to be just kind of like jump in, but there is a science to it. So she talks about the, the three qualities she talks about the four elements and the sun compatibility. So you kind of have to understand that before you go in. And so the sun through the, the, the signs in the zodiac. Hold on. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to. Yeah, so here she says the combination of the signs of the sun and Mars in your birth chart reveal your sexual strength and insecurities and the role sexuality plays in your life. The sexual characteristics of each sign differ greatly, but by understanding the astrological dynamics of your own, of your own sun and Mars combo, or that of your significant other or potential lover, you gain tremendous insights into the basic motivating forces of life, the sex drive. So yeah, let me see if I can find that thing again, but if not... Um, no, we're not doing Scorpio. Let's do... Okay, 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 let's do this. Sun in, Sun in Virgo, Mars in Leo. Let's do that one. You're deeply passionate and exude a type of smoldering sexuality that potential suitors find exceedingly appealing. In a close relationship, romance truly matters, but so does intellectual rapport, right? Your high ideals extend to the bedroom and casual affairs hold little temptation for you. You possess deep levels of sexual desire that need to be drawn out slowly over time. Hell freaking yeah. It says your ideal lover knows how to be thrilling and entertaining without overstep overstepping the bounds of good taste. And that sounds like a really great match, y'all. Sun and Virgo, Mars and Leo. Let me do one other one. I'm not really a fan of Gemini. Let me see here. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, don't we have, um, what is going into Taurus? Let's look at Sun in Taurus, Mars in, I don't want to just do my signs like Leo or Virgo. Let's do Sun in Aries. Let's just for the fun of it. I know some people don't like Pisces either, so 
Let's do Sun and Aries, Mars and Libra. Relationships are central to your life. And while you may admire... Oh, it's time to start my fast. Um, while you may admire those who choose a freewheeling lifestyle, you want the companionship of a fulfilling union more than your independence. While a part of you may yearn to break all the rules, you're mostly aroused by slow, sensual lovemaking. Happy to take the lead between the sheets, you also enjoy being seduced into sweet submission. You like being enticed into sex with kissing and touching designed to inflame your desire. Even so, an occasional erotic free-for-all satisfies your most primal urges. Alright, so that's a good combo. Anybody who has Sun and Aries and Mars and Libra... Shout outs to you. Y'all gonna be getting it in this summer. But um one thing for sure and two things for sure. I'm gonna be definitely be celebrating Venus and um in Leo. I'm gonna enjoy those self-dates. Um in between this one and me tearing up my tacos and stuff like that. I was like, where can I take myself for a date so I can share it with the people? So I don't know. I'm definitely going to take myself to a five-star. I've been wanting to go to a... Um, well, for one, Vegas. I'm supposed to be there this week, but I had to take care of some stuff. And I'm, I'm not going to make it this week, but I definitely want to go this summer. Um, I really like the prices out there. And I love their restaurants out there. So... I'm pretty sure it's going to be Vegas, but I also love San Diego. I love anything along the beach, anything that has to do with water. I love anything that has a beautiful, like, um, horizon or skyline. And so then now that means I just have to find myself, like, I'm probably going to splurge on a really nice, like, long maxi dress. And just going to go get my nails done. It'll probably be right after I get my hair done. I usually get my hair done the first week of the month. Um, I've been wanting to get... There's this um, there's this shade by Dior that I want to get, y'all. Sometimes I, I have myself on a do not buy um, spending thing because I have terrible spending habits. <laughs> I'm getting better at it, but I wrote it down in my notebook. There is this pretty shade by Dior, <clears throat> and I put it in my notebook, and I did it so pretty. I, I made it like look like a lipstick pattern. So yeah, if I'm being a good girl, like I will definitely buy that for myself. That will be like if my boo bought that for me, but it's me, and I love it because I don't have to wait for him to buy it for me. I can just buy it for me. Like, um, Let me see. And depending on if you order it too, like I could probably go into the store and get it. <clears throat> but um, heck yeah, I'm going to have them wrap it up and put it like in nice paper with the gift wrapped and stuff like that. And then I'm going to come home and still open it. Wait a minute. Where did I put it? I know I put it in one of my... I put it in one of my... Um, oh, well. I think it was like Dior $9.99 or something like that. That's the, the color. It's supposed to be universal. It's supposed to be a universal red. And it's supposed to be the satin finish. So 
which I like because I don't like matte. I, the other time I bought matte finish and oh my God, never again. I'm more of like one of those girls that likes like the, I will do your MAC chestnut lip liner with, um, with the, with the nude and, or with the clear lip gloss and cause my lips are really full. And that's it. And I get so many compliments even when I'm wearing like the vitamin E just clear nail uh nail polish <laughs> lip gloss. And they're like, oh my gosh, what color is that? Da, 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 and type of stuff. And I'm like, no, it's just my lips. I just put on clear lip gloss and stuff. And you know, like even without the lip liner and stuff like that. So yeah. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't know. Let me let me see if there's anything else we need to find out about the seven. Things that are in retrograde. I think that the other ones are not that sexy. I mean, Pluto retrograde. Let me see. Pluto retrograde. Um, we, I think we already did Saturn. Let me take a sip of my hibiscus tea here. Hold on. Mmm. Delicious. So... On May 21st, Pluto began its retrograde in Aquarius, where it continues its spin backwards until it reaches Capricorn. Oh, y'all. I don't really like Pluto. Oh, God. And then, I don't like Capricorn either. I don't like the energy. Ugh. And it will reach Capricorn once again, June 11. So that energy, we've, we've already passed that. So then it says, Pluto will remain in Capricorn until it retraces its steps to Aquarius in June 2024. So right now, Pluto is in motherfucking Capricorn, y'all. Ew, ew, and ew. Let me see what um what is the significance of Pluto planet. Because I just, sometimes I don't necessarily get to remember... Um, everything, I just remember the feeling around it. <clears throat> oh gosh, of course. Of course I'm a Scorpio, so this should be kind of like my holy grail, but no. It says Pluto has to do with the god of the underworld. Ugh, a dwarf planet. <laughs> Why do they kind of call it a dwarf planet? Occupying an orbit that crosses the orbit of Neptune. What is Pluto known for? Pluto is a complex and mysterious world with mountains, valleys, plains, craters, and maybe glaciers. As a Scorpio sun, I should be liking this. I don't know. It's like right up there with Chiron. I have a love-hate energy with Chiron. Um, it says, um, discovered in 1930, Pluto is also considered our solar system's ninth planet. Um, so they're talking more so about the actual physical planet versus <clears throat> what it means in astrology. Maybe I might like it because it says, what does the root of Pluto means? It means wealth and riches. Y'all better fall in love with Pluto. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> what is Pluto about in astrology? Listen, you know, we were talking about how Mars is in Leo and we like like all the like the shiny, handsome things like Pluto just showed its muscles right now. They just showed its interior serratus and like. What's good, Pluto? So it says, Pluto then represents our personal dark domains. Yeah, so that's that dark underworld side. 
Scorpio deals with like belly of the beast, dark energy, you know, um, out of the ashes rising. Yeah, it says represents our personal dark domains through which we die and return, ending one cycle and beginning another. Pluto is often thought of as the planet of karma and fate. Y'all, I'm telling you, as a Scorpio, I should, but I'm telling you, like, all I remember in my gut feeling is like, Pluto, I'm good. I'm good on you, Pluto. <laughs> but listen, let's let's transmute this energy real quick. It says, Pluto is often thought of as the planet of karma or fate. It acts as a generator of metamorphosis, which you are meant to return to face and embrace if you are moved forward in life, if you are to move forward in life. So it's just basically like you got to deal with it. There's no getting in over around over, you know, type of it. But let's just see, because right now, oh God, it's in Plut, it's in Capricorn. So, oh, remember all that other stuff I was talking about? Like, oh my gosh, this is juicy energy, y'all. We're going to be going into Taurus. We're going to be getting these coins. We're going to get in some real estate. We're going to buy some houses. We're going to travel. Venus is in, in Leo. Mars and Leo, you're going to be all right. Here comes Pluto and Capricorns. Why did I put Capricorns? Capricorn. <laughs> it might as well just be Capricorn. Shit. So it says, given Capricorn. Oh, God. And then on top of that, so the root word of Pluto is riches and wealth. Here comes Capricorn. Rules over financial institutions, y'all. Better be careful with your stocks and in trading and stuff like that. You can trade it, but I don't know. Like, if y'all kind of are like putting investments into stocks, check your finances. Make sure that you have enough for FDIC. You might need to move some funds around. If you got more than 250000 in that checking account, you might want to move it to another bank. Just make sure you're covered under the FDIC. I'm just saying. Given Capricorn rules over financial institutions, it feels appropriate that Pluto's time in this sign has been bookended by disruptions to how we perceive, trust, and use them. Listen, don't trust them, don't do it. I'm going to tell you, from somebody who is ruled by some dark energy in the underworld, I'm telling you, don't trust them, don't do it. <laughs> mm. It says, the questions that remain as Pluto returns to Capricorn on June 11th, y'all. So, time I'm recording this, July 9th, we are in those feelings. It says, are we willing to learn from this disruption? Y'all, I need to try to remember where we transitioned into Pluto. Well, I'm, I'm, I refuse to get off of this, in, this thing without addressing Pluto real quick. So, it says... Pluto will re-enter the sign of Capricorn, will remain there until January 20th, 24. Pluto will enter Capricorn once again late this year. The transit will have us focusing on mastery and self-discovery. So that is nice in the sense of what we're going, what is going on with Venus in Leo. Mastery, self-discovery, self-expression. Okay, so we'll, we'll be okay over there. Um, what happens when Pluto enters Capricorn? So in Capricorn, Pluto is set as fiscal, material, and structural transformations. Right. So it's just reminding me, uh, you know, I came on here and I was like, y'all don't be scared of these, these, um, retrogrades. It's about major transformations. We're going to be so different than we were next year, you know, than we were last year. So let me just roll it on back. (laughs) Right. It's reminding you that. With the collapse of certain 
financial institutions, there's going to be structural transformations, which we need. And this is not the time for you to kind of be fighting the change. Okay. So it says Capricorn, Capricorn knows of traditional hierarchies and climbing to the top of them. Now, that's wild because right now a lot of us are having conversations about the patriarchy. Listen, Capricorn, Pluto and Capricorn might just do us right, especially for what women are going through. Because you're talking about climbing on top of traditional patriarchy and climbing to the top of them. Let's go. Mm. Yo, I listen. I have to have several seats on that one because I was like, I heard about Pluto. I don't know how I feel about Pluto. And then Pluto showed me its muscles and was like, hey, how you doing? We're about riches and wealth. How you doing? We're about transformation. We're about um you climbing on top of these traditional hierarchies. And I'm like, yes, say my name, say my name. Oh, Pluto is a planet that symbolizes power. Again, Mars and Leo talk power to me. I'm just saying. So it says in Capricorn, Pluto asks us how to see the corruption that lies at the heart of our relationship to the Earth's resources. Now, this is freaking deep. I'm going to try to unpack it in a little bit of 10 minutes that we have here, too. There have been a lot of conversations and you will kind of know who you're dealing with um, if they're a little bit more ascended than the rest of us, because they're going to be talking about our relationship to nature, how are you treating your pets? How are you um, doing with your vegetarian diet? How are you doing with um, your um, with other living beings, right? How are you doing with Mother Nature in terms of recycling and um, anything having to do with Mother Earth, right? Um, with like EVs or gas or, or stuff like that. It's asking us to see the corruption that lays at the heart of our relationship to the Earth's resources, how we're raping and pillaging Mother Earth and exploiting her for all of her resources. And we're not even giving back. Like Mother Earth is the type of person that's like, listen, I'm going to give you these apples, right? I remember that song um, by Jill Scott. Hate on me, haters, now or later. And there's a there's a verse in there where she says, If I gave you the world on a silver platter, would it even matter? And she's like, and if I gave you a thousand, like, I think it was like peaches out of my backyard, you'd still be miserable, right? It's like, even if I gave you the fruit from my backyard, like, you'd still be miserable and you would still, and so... We can't, if we're going to take from Mother Earth and we're going to eat her resources, her fruits and her, from her vineyards and from the pastures and cut down the trees to build houses, can we at least go back and plant it? Can we at least reciprocate it? Because um, how we do one thing is how we do everything. If we're, if we have unrequited love with our relationships with like, for example, you know, where it's one-sided love, right? We hate it when it's on relationships. If you've been in a twin flame relationship, you heard that term unrequited love a lot. You're the one who loves this person so much and they're not reciprocating it to it, it to you. They're not returning it to you. And that feeling sucks balls. It sucks dirty, hairy, 
cottage cheese riddled, musty, stank, low hanging, dried up balls. Okay. And so, but we do that to Mother Earth though. We do that to Mother Earth. When is the last time you planted something? When is the last time you took care of your garden? When is the last time that you didn't just throw away like waste of, of like salads and fruits and vegetables? What, you know, what is our demand for consumption of just even like the different meat and stuff like that that we consume? Right? What is our demand for like resources when it comes to like iridium and the stuff we need to to power our electric vehicles and and the the gems and you know like bloodstones and stuff like that and our consumption of even gas. Listen, my neighbors, let me tell you, these assholes our county told us that we were going to have laser and light because for safety but also for the air quality. Can you believe these motherfuckers were turning up all 4th of July? All kinds of fireworks, and it pissed me off for the sense of like, one, they are somebody could get hurt. Period. You know how many people have gotten themselves injured with, but whatever. So they don't give a damn about the air quality. It's about my pleasure matters, you know, more than safety of others and the air quality, and about Mother Nature. We do this stuff all the time. You know what I'm saying? And so this is kind of like that invitation for you to revisit. What is your relationship to Mother Mother Earth? We talk a lot about the sisterhood. Well, what about our big mama, Mother Earth? What about the air quality? What about the quality of the waters that we use and the pollution that we use and the consuming that we do? And we're not even giving back, right? And we're not careful with it and we're not gentle with it and we're just exploiting her, Right? This one says, is Pluto and Capricorn good? It says, Pluto and Capricorn in your natal astrology indicates that you are especially efficient and effective when pursuing your goals. Though Pluto can feel destructive and chaotic, Capricorn has a tight hold on Pluto um, and helps us direct its focus and intensity into the areas with the most potential. And what I'm getting with Pluto is it can be transformative, right? And to me, Capricorn is kind of like those dark areas, but... If you're talking about transformation as a as a form of chaos, because listen, you know, um, there is some chaos about the old way of doing things collapsing and crumbling and being torn down. That's chaos, but that's transformative because we don't want those negative things to still stand type of a thing, right? Why is there a bee outside my window, y'all? I don't want to get stung and I don't want my little Bruno to get stung either. We better not have a beehive out here because the way it was flying, it was looking like it was going to a beehive, like a little bee net. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Nope. <laughs> so here I am. I'm all like, um, and yesterday we did the conversation remember Jupiter and the bee. And here I come talking, telling you all about like, we need to protect Mother Earth. And then here comes the bees. I'm like, I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to fog them out. All right, pray for me, y'all. Please just hope that this little bee is lost because I'm over here telling y'all to uh, have a heart-to-heart relationship with Earth's resources. And then this bee said, zoop, zoop. And I was like, not in my backyard. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, I'm legit concerned. 
Well, from where I'm at, I don't see a beehive. But with that being said, I do have um I have a family friend that he he takes care of bees. So if I did need to take down a bee nest, he can come take it down for me, and he can probably take it to his um his beehives because. <laughs> I was about to merge some bees, y'all, and maybe a lot of you all were too. What's your relationship with Mother Earth's resources? I'm just saying. <laughs> you caught it here live in living color. Um, is there anything else? So Capricorn, let me see. So Pluto symbolizes regeneration, transformation, and rebirth. I think, you know what, you're going to hear it first. This is going to be my first time I actually say i fell in love with Pluto because I've always heard like the negative side about Pluto but I love things that have to do with regeneration right rebirth transformation it says even if it does not look like this things are get done with Pluto a new approach and new perspective is what the planet Pluto is all about it helps an individual look at things differently look Pluto, Pluto wing, y'all, because we are in Pluto right now. Pluto isn't direct in Capricorn right now, and then it's going to go retrograde into Aquarius, if I'm not mistaken again. Look at Pluto, Pluto wing, y'all. A new approach and a new perspective is what the planet Pluto is all about. And so then you have new perspective and new approach on top of the retrograde for Venus. A lot of y'all that said you that said F love about to fall in love. A lot of y'all that said F having children, gonna have children. A lot of y'all that said F um how I go to war or what I'm fighting for. Complete reversals. Listen, if you or a loved one, if whether it's your family or coworker goes through a major transformation this summer, understand what it is. Some people, and I kind of talked about this before in one of the other podcasts. Some people are about to change their whole entire approach on religion and philosophy. They might going might go from being a Christian to joining the rest of us and transitioning to spirituality. They might leave the church and some people are going to go into the church hardcore, like out of left field. And they're going to be telling you stories about how they used to read tarot and be into spirituality. And now they're a saint of God. Uh, I'm telling you, the, this, this. With all the other stuff that's going on and people just reassessing their whole entire values. Whew. So it says, it helps an individual look at things differently, transform or evolve their views and emerge with new outlooks. Yeah, this summer, people are going to be changing. You're going to see some shifts in things. But, you know, in the trading side, we call it witching season. Every third Friday of the month, and every third month is witching season. Is like we call it witching day or witching season, and that's where all of the stock kind of recalibrate and we re-identify what is more important. And that thing means that some stock are not going to make it, and we take it out of our bundle, and some things rise to the top. And that's what that is. It's like witching season. Pluto is all about witching season. It's like. Y'all are going to come out here completely transformed. You're going to evolve with a different outlook. And it's a whole different animal. So, hey. All right, y'all. It says, does Pluto give wealth? I have like 60 seconds. As the natural ruler of the eighth house, Pluto can bring you riches. Wealth can also bring Jupiter into a triangle with Saturn. Even Jupiter with a square in Saturn. Listen, so Jupiter, Pluto are both giving you about to be a rich bitch energy, okay? Leverage it. Look for those opportunities. 
you know, we're going into 2024 with our bags, honey. I'm just saying. Which planet makes you a billionaire? Jupiter is a planet associated with prosperity and money. Its placement in an individual's birth chart and combination of stars in the 2nd, 5th, and 11th house. Um, yeah, so Jupiter is gonna, the one that's going to make you a billionaire, y'all. That, that's just a side, the side chick. I'll talk to you all later. Bye. Love you. Which planet makes you rich? Jupiter. Jupiter gives lifelong prosperity and financial.